Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture, seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Hello, my name is Doug Moister, and I'm one of the pastors here at Renew. Uh, I get to teach the sermon this week, and I'm really grateful for it. I just want to remind us that the word sermon comes from the Latin word sermo, which is where we get the word for dialogue. And the sermon for us at Renew is the beginning of the dialogue that we hope happens in our multiplied house churches as we gather this week. I want to remind us that our move smaller, our multiplication into smaller house churches is both for formation and mission. We pray that we are gathered into these small communities across Montgomery and Bucks County uh, for the opportunity to grow in deeper relationship with Christ and with one another. Our hope and prayer is that in this season, as we look back months from now, years from now, that we can talk about how there was a rawness and honesty, a hopefulness, um, and a deepening of relationships with Christ and with one another. And so I want to encourage you this morning as we jump into the, into the teaching and as we have opportunity to meet together, that you would be all in in the honesty, in the transparency, in these conversations, that we would bear our souls before Christ and one another in this beautiful way. And also, again, back to mission, Ben and I are encouraged to hear stories about how in the multiplication already that folks have been inviting friends and coworkers and acquaintances to come and to meet Jesus and his people. We don't want to sacrifice mission in this season. In fact, we want to throw gas on it. And so Renew, may we continue to realize that our move smaller is not just for us to huddle and cuddle, but also for us to proclaim the name of Jesus to people who desperately need to hear the good news of Christ. Lastly, next week, we will be meeting at Lansdale Emanuel Church of the Nazarene. This is our first indoor gathering since February. And so there's a lot of emotions already. Ben and I have been planning and it's been, we're, we're already excited. We've been excited for what this is going to mean for us. Just a few things. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable coming or if you can't make it because you're not feeling well, we're going to be streaming the service. And so you'll find a link next week in the weekly email and probably a few other emails just to remind people that if you're not going to be there physically, we want you to attend um, via the streaming way. Uh, also, there's going to be more information to come. It's from 3.15 to 4.30. Be on the lookout for some emails with some of the information that we'll have uh, available next week. So the last few months, we've been talking about joy strength. And I want to just thank Dwayne and Ange uh, and Aubrey and Ben and JR for the incredible teachings that we've had opportunity uh, to, to come under, to listen, to have our hearts shaped and formed by. Um, we are blessed to have some fantastic teachers in our midst. Ben said a few weeks ago that this series has been challenging for him and for many of us and myself included in a season where joy is hard to find. I want to remind us that joy is only found in Christ, that it's only found when we anchor ourselves to the joyful one, to Jesus. 
This series is a week after week invitation for us to align our hearts to the God of the universe who invites us to rejoice in him always. To see the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we practice this subversive protest of being joyful people in both big and small ways. And we engage it by learning to lament, by leaning into community, by leaning into mission, by understanding what it is to be fully present, by seeing the throne room of God, by recognizing that he calls us to rejoice always, even when things are hard. But my friends, we realize that this is not an easy topic to be talking about in 2020. And so that's why we feel like God is at, he's doing a deeper work in us. And so this morning I get to talk about joy strength, the joy strength of forgiveness. And so I just want to ask a few questions. What comes to mind when you think about forgiveness? Is it a lack of forgiveness in your life? Is there an unresolved situation or conversation that comes to mind? Is there a name or a face to it? Do you feel shame or grief? Do you feel joy? See, forgiveness is foundational to following Jesus. Many of us have come to know Jesus through the simple prayer, Lord, I'm a sinner. Will you forgive me and save me? Uh, This precious prayer is how I came to know Jesus. And this precious prayer is what I've continued to pray many times in my growing up. That I need Jesus to forgive me, to wash me clean, to wipe me, to wipe the sins away, to wash me, to make me brand new. And I remember um, many times I come to God trembling and worried about the depth of my sin. And I walk away with a deep sense of joy because he's the only one who can deliver me from my sin. When we think about forgiveness, the scripture has a lot to say about it. And I want to look at a couple different spaces. We're not going to dive in deep. That's what our house churches are for this morning. But I just want to bring up like forgiveness is central to what Jesus taught. It's central to how he lived his life. It's central to how he calls us to live our lives. When we come to Jesus's famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, smack dab in the middle, Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. And he says these lines in the Lord's Prayer. It's beautiful, it's poetic, it's simple, and it's powerful, and it's challenging, and it's amazing. But he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And later on, he says this. He says, we will be forgiven as we forgive. When the disciples ask him, Lord, how many times do I need to forgive this person? Jesus says, 70 times 7 which is infinitely, continue to forgive, 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 and forgive. Forgiveness is what we see as we read through the apostles' writings, just over and over and over again. We see opportunities for forgiveness. We see this ruminating on how blessed followers of Jesus feel, how how Paul saw himself as the chief of sinners, but yet experienced grace and forgiveness from Jesus, and that changed his life drastically. We see Jesus offering forgiveness to Peter and Peter having to have having to ask for forgiveness from Paul when Paul confronts him and being restored. But forgiveness is central. Not only is it central to scripture, but it's central to our creeds, to the apostles creed. 
There's this amazing line that says, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. It has been one of the mysterious tenets of our faith since the beginning of the church. It's what Jesus came to do. Jesus pronounced forgiveness of sins on multiple occasions, and people's response was joy, gratitude, celebration, and just wild, wild thankfulness. And so where does forgiveness really come from? Like what, what happens in our souls when, when we experience forgiveness? I was listening to a, a fishing podcast the other week, um, and the host was interviewing a guy who is a guide in northern Maine. And so the guide was talking about how each spring before the season begins, um, him and a few other guides, they head out into the wilderness to the waterways and they look at the flow of the streams. They pay attention to have the streams come up. Have they gone down? Have they stayed the same? And if they find streams that have a lower flow or ones that are almost non-existent, they head upstream to look for the culprit. And in northern Maine, it's most likely the beaver who has formed a new dam in the stream. That's what beavers do. And so the guides walk, they find these dams, they throw dynamite in and they blow them up to restore the flow of the river, to protect the fish and the aquatic life in the streams. And the flow is restored, the fish are happy and able to do fish things again. But the story had me thinking about how our sin stands in the way of joy strength, how forgiveness is, is, is one of the things that we need to continue to pursue if we find ourselves lacking in joy. Um, I think about what Paul says in Rome and what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. And he says, you were dead in your sin that God made away. And for Paul to see himself as the chief of sinners in desperately need of forgiveness it says something to me because I, what I get the sense of is forgiveness opens this deep pathway of restoration and renewal. And if we find our lives lacking in joy, my guess is if we follow that stream up a bit, what we would find is that there is some, there's, there's a space where either we need to be forgiven or we need to offer forgiveness to someone else. And again, the scripture is riddled with stories of sinners finding mercy and forgiveness from God. And not just as individuals, but people too. I appreciate how we find these moments, uh, like in the book of Nehemiah, where all of Israel is repenting. We find these moments within scripture where the nation is asking and seeking forgiveness. And I feel like that's why in House Church today, I want us to spend a few moments collectively, corporately confessing our sin. And not just our personal sin, but the sin of our nation, the sin of what we see going on around us. Whether we have a dog in that fight or not, it doesn't matter. But to be people who are continually offering forgiveness to those who are different than us, for those who think differently, for those who have hurt us, for those who have been uh, just, just being, who have been nasty and mean, but learning to be people who forgive. Um, I want us to just take a quick look at one of the famous Psalms that David wrote. And it's Psalm 51. And this psalm has a has an amazing backstory. It is a psalm that comes from David being confronted, his sin being exposed by the prophet Nathan. 
And so David had an affair with Bathsheba. Uh, he sent his best friend to his death. And then he, he continued to, to, he married this woman and everything he thought was fine. He got away scot-free. And so Nathan comes and he exposes this sin. And David, we have this, this amazing psalm of repentance, this psalm where, where David asked for forgiveness, where we see his heart bleeding out on the pages and we see him coming to a space where he feels like everything is broken and, and he needs to be restored only by God. He says, I've been a sinner since birth. But there's a line, and we're going to read this psalm in house church, but there's a line that I just want to focus on. And he says this, he says, return to me the joy of my salvation. You see, it's this, that what he recognizes is that he is broken and the only way forward is forgiveness. To confess this sin, he needs Christ, he needs God to come and to forgive him. And it's in this psalm that we find this powerful prayer, purify me from my sins and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again. As I think about the way that I've watched many of us in the last few months with the pandemic, with the election, I feel like we need to be people who spend some time thinking through this Psalm that David has wrote who spend some time thinking about the importance of forgiving others as we are forgiven. But I think what, what I've noticed is that Jesus calls us to a very high standard as, follow, as people who follow him. I think about the disciples asking him, you know, how many times should we forgive this person? And Jesus says, 70 times seven. Because there's something amazingly transformative that happens when we become people who are willing to forgive. And the older I get, the truth is, the more that I, I wrestle with forgiveness and the more that I'm realizing what an amazing gift and what a joy it is to be forgiven and to forgive others. If nothing else COVID has taught us in this season and the election has taught us in this season is that it's really easy to hold grudges. That as people, we are prone to dig up dirt on our enemies and we have become quite good at seeing the splinter through the planks in our own eyes. And so what if this movement towards the, the joy of the Lord being our strength is a movement towards forgiveness? Um, I, I wanted just to share a brief uh, email that I got from a, from a close friend who's really been struggling in this season. And this is what it says. What I've learned, I've allowed the media to become a driving force in my life. These past four years, my joy was greatly impacted by what I heard on the radio read on the internet and saw on the news. It was consuming a large part of my waking hours. And I'm ashamed to compare the hours that I spent listening to, reading about, and meditating on politics against the amount of time I spent in God's word, in prayer, and in conversation about my faith. I consider people who did not vote like me as my enemies. And sorry to say this included neighbors, old friends, family, and even roommates from college. I would not even talk to them. How can I be Christ to someone if I refuse to associate with them? And I justified this mindset by aligning them with policies that I disagreed with. Friends, the jumpstart on the path of joy begins with experiencing the hilarity of forgiveness. The jumpstart of the path of joy begins with experiencing forgiving others. And so I just want to pause. I feel like some of us in this season 
have either been uh, really wounded by others or have it have wounded others because of different decisions, because of different mindsets, because of different things. And Renew, this is what I know to be true. Jesus calls us to forgive because we have been a people who have been forgiven. And so I want to encourage us in this season to walk out this joy of being forgiven. It's hard to be joyful and dance when we have chains all over our bodies, but it's easy to dance and sing and experiencing joy when those chains are gone and when we are set free. We have been forgiven much, and I want to encourage us to extend forgiveness to others and renew, if I have hurt you, if I have wounded any of you in any way, please, please, please come and talk with me. Send me an email because I don't want to live life where I'm harboring offense. I don't want to live life where I've wounded and not, and I don't know about it. And I want to encourage us to be the same way, to be people who have decided that it is better to live free and we can only live free when we live forgiven. We can only be free when we learn to forgive others. And so my sense is if we can be a people that live in that way, that that will radically transform our, our, our homes. It will radically transform our neighborhoods, our communities, our places of work. And it'll show something completely different that the world has not seen. Just imagine for a moment listening to a political debate and watching the people who are up there yelling at one another, saying nasty things. Imagine for a moment one of those people stopping and saying, what I said was out of line. Will you forgive me? I don't, I think there would be a cut to commercial break because no one would know what to do. But in a world of polarization, we need to come to a space of learning how to forgive one another. And so Renew, I just want to leave us just with uh, the, the, the very, very, very last thing is this. It's only as we see how much we are forgiven that we will be able to revel in and extend forgiveness to others. And so as we jump into the conversation in our house church right now, I just want you, I want to encourage you to be raw and honest and vulnerable. And that as you experience forgiveness, as you hear the words, you are forgiven that you would find joy like you haven't found before. I pray that as the Spirit is bringing people to mind that you may need to make relationships right with, that you don't push it off. That maybe you even send a text message right now at the end just to begin the conversation of restoration. Because Renew, I really truly believe that if we want to be people that live with the joy of the Lord as our strength, that that is found deeply in the place of forgiveness. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.